Hello and welcome to Stirring the Pot, Entertainment Sue's premier popular culture podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Emmanuel Jean-Baptiste, the first and the last. Today we have... It's me, Asia. And today we have a few special guests. Tati? Yeah, yeah, I'm Tatiana. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anthony? Hi, I'm Anthony. Um, I really like rap music and pop culture um, and seeing the intersection of that with like, I don't know, race and other things. And so it's a pleasure and honor to be here. And H.A. And I am H.A. I'm a philosophy professor and a lifelong hip hop fanatic. And it's awesome to be here. Sweet. We've expanded the podcast verse of the East U crew. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode because today's episode of Stirring the Pot is special to all of us here. Utilizing a format of discussion we know and love, a hip-hop listening party, to explore, examine, and even vent about what's happening in both our country and the world with the negative treatment of Black people. So, before we begin, the episode of Stirring the Pot is brought to you in a part by Found Familiar Coffee. If you're familiar with our tabletop podcast, this is a this is a sponsorship that we enjoy working with. Found Familiar is an amazing coffee company that we love sharing with all of you. Um, we're bringing it to Staring the Pot for an excellent opportunity to raise money for great causes. Right now, 20% of revenue from your purchases from the website will go to one of three, will go to one um, out of the three organizations, or you can decide to shoot send your money to all three the NAACP, Black Lives Matter, or, or and the Minnesota Freedom Fund. In addition to this, using the code ESTEW, E-S-T-E-W, at checkout, you'll give uh, 10% of your, you'll take, get 10% taken off your order at foundfamiliarcoffee.com, and any money raised using this promo code will also go to these organizations. So, um, lets you support a great cause, as well as like getting some amazing coffee and supporting a business that is taking a stand, has been taking a stand. Um, if you don't want to just like buy coffee, if coffee's not your thing, we'll also have the links to these organizations and the link dump below if you want to donate there as well. So, what is a hip hop listening party? A hip-hop listening party consists of choosing a number of hip-hop songs, either off of an album or a curated playlist, and discuss that song through the lens of philosophy, history, socioculturally, or even your own viewpoints. Today's hip-hop listening party will focus on Run the Jewels' latest release, RTJ4, or Run the Jewels 4. So, um, the Wikipedia or like the basic, oh, what? who are Run the Jewels? It's their uh, hip-hop group known as RTJ, um, consisting of rapper slash producer LP and rapper Killer Mike. So does anyone here want to give like a more in-depth idea of what or who Run the Jewels is? Or? I think HA should uh, take that one. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh... Run the Jewels have been around for, um, I don't even know how long, five, six years, I want to say. Um, like Derek said, they're kind of a super group. One of them is a, is a, it's a two people. 
one half of the duo is a white rapper and producer named LP who uh, was responsible for a lot of early weird underground in New York City with the Def Jux uh, record label. Um, and then the other half is Killer Mike. He's a black man from Atlanta. Uh, and they got together because uh, somehow, I forget exactly how, how it happened, but LP produced all of uh, Killer Mike's album rap music, and they just got along so well that they decided to just start making music together, and this is uh, basically the fruit of their labor. They're pretty much, uh, some people call them kind of like a protest group. I would, I would say that's probably a pretty decent uh, moniker. They're a lot more than that, but one thing that I really enjoy about them is that they model solidarity and the fight against both racism and just oppression in general and the way that they model it in the music and they model it in their relationship with each other. So that's my kind of long-winded explanation of who Run the Jewels are. Yeah, um, and... Um... Go for it. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say, no, that solidarity you were talking about is actually one of the uh, things that I think is most neat and interesting um, about that that group, how the two of them are kind of able to keep that balance there and how LP is really able to model um, what being an ally to someone like Killer Mike um, looks like in a, in, a, in a really good way is, uh, I think, one of the, the really cool things about the group. Yeah. I know we're not even into the music yet, but um, as someone who's like, I've heard you basically introduced me to RTJ and what I've known of them but this is like the first time I'm actually sitting down and listening to the album all the way through. And you mentioned that a lot of people think of them as like a protest group, but they're a lot more than that. And I was just curious to know, like, what are some things off the top of your head that makes them like so much more than that? Well, like, I mean, just in the, in the grand tradition of hip hop, you know, there's a lot of uh, braggadocio, braggadocio in there. You know, they're very good at, at sort of painting a picture of these two, I don't know, just immense personalities. So, you know, in the long tradition of hip hop, they fit squarely into it and they're very good at those kind of songs. So I, you know, I kind of didn't want to slight them on, on, on that end. And they're just really, they're really good at just kind of, which I think a lot of rap is, they're just really good at kind of talking about what it means, not even talking about, but illustrating just what it means to be a human being, much less a good human being. So that's kind of what I meant by by so much more than that. I didn't want to pigeonhole them with just a sort of protest I, group. I think what I enjoy about them the most is um, the way they communicate, um, you know, especially on social media. Um, you know, someone might say something, but they, they hold each other accountable. And it's not like a, oh, my God, you went and you tweeted this and you said this. It's more like, all right, let's dissect this. Let's have a conversation about it. And let's, like, educate each other. Like, they are very great at holding each other accountable um, for whatever needs to be held accountable for, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And then jumping off um, how they communicate with each other, them as a rap duo, I think are really good at kind of passing the mic uh, back and forth. 
um, and keeping a really good consistent flow um, in the verses while they're speaking that that hard truth or that or that hard shit. Yep, definitely. Deep dope. So, thank you guys so much. Uh, this album was originally slated. R2J4 was a li- was initially slated to release on June 9th, twenty twenty. Um, the group decided to release the album early with the following statement. Why wait? The world is infested with bullshit, so there's something raw to listen to while you deal with it all. We hope it brings you some joy. Stay safe and stay safe and hopeful out there. And thank you for giving two friends the chance to be heard and do what they love. This on top of that, they released it early and they released just free copies of it through their website. Yeah, that's something they've done with all of their albums. Mm-hmm. You can buy it, but they always release a free copy as well. Yeah. So before we get into any specific songs, um, just general thoughts and feelings about the album in general. Just general thoughts. I mean, it felt very well-timed for the current moment that um, our country is in. RTJ always kind of, I don't know, speaks truth to power and isn't uh, afraid to say what needs to be said. But this, like, I don't know, this one felt especially well-timed for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. I've only given it one listen through, and I am a big proponent of not, um, I guess, Stating how I feel until a couple of listen throughs, but you know, with with what Anthony said, it definitely is. Um, it's it's really great. Like it's like the soundtrack to life right now. If we had a soundtrack to life and what's going on currently, um, so that's that's all I can say about um, it at a first glance. Yeah, definitely. I I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this album is the energy that it puts out. Um, mm-hmm. All the songs, I I played it straight through. Uh, I didn't pay my first listen through. I didn't pay attention to any of the song names. I just played it straight through, and it felt like a from the first track, um, "Yankee and the Brave," episode four, all the way until a few words for the firing squad. It just felt like one continuous momentum pushing you through like various emotions and the way that Mm. few words of the firing squad ends with the like rising crescendo the 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 saxophone the drums and it's just kind of building into this big release of emotion that's been building over the cost the album i think the production staff they have for this album is top notch yeah for sure oh yeah Yeah, absolutely agree i um I'm a big fan of production. I really think LP has kind of outdone himself uh, with this album, especially on uh, that last track you mentioned. Um, a few words for the Firing Squad. I found myself just listening to it a lot over the past couple of days, um, both because the the lyrics are so powerful, but also because that production is so incredible. Yeah, it really is good. So, no, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, I, I really dig the fact that you said it was a buildup. Um, that's, that's kind of how it feels, um, when listening to it. Um, 
I won't go too deep into it, but right now I'm in a very angry state. I'm angry at what's going on in the world. I'm angry about, you know, things that are going on in my personal life. I'm, I'm just overall frustrated and angry. So that mm. buildup is kind of like the anger that you have inside you and just like releasing it and just saying what you need to say and not holding back. And I really appreciate that coming through when it comes to the music aspect of producing for sure yeah it's very cathartic for sure yeah so the first song we're gonna go through a few songs from the album the first song we're gonna hit is holy calamity so the, the rules of the hip hop listening party. We're gonna play the song. Um, it's it, it would help to have the lyrics next to you, for we can kind of just go through it together after we play the song. Sounds good. All right. All the them beat, but them words. All the them beat, but them words. All the them beat, but them words. The death to fire, the Mike Myers, murder rapper for hire, doer of dry fires, the bag, bag, clack, clack, let it loose, murder all witnesses as a live, that's a job completer, dependable contractor, the backhand whack rap slapper, Mr. Leather Bomber Taker, catch you getting off the escalator, run it too smooth and don't trigger the underdog. I would've ran me a screen racket. I would've took these lame screen jackets. Until you rob a hype beast, you ain't seen sadness. Clockwork, orange madness, left the scene laughing. Hey, we forever, ever. I need to eat Michael D. Render. The pyrotechnocrats, the old razzle-dazzlers. The magic bean and bobbers. The green giant of the rhyme contrivers. Supreme violence of the time describers. I'm the decider. Do evil eyes. A pile driver provided for liars. The sleep the product. The nick of time. Mercy killed the nine and prime. I killed a mood of a rudeness for God. A slap a yapper from the acne to the tooth bone fiber. I'm liver. Dark crime designer, criminal minded. And I'm a horn and bread Uso who chopped and screwed truth up. Think I got a case of the Mondays on Ayo, one for mayhem, two for mischief. No aim for the drones in the zoning district. Hit them, burn them, get them, burn them. Can't get the ghost up, no resistance. Pass the shit, Mike, I have to assist it. Reality sucks, dip, cow staff for wisdom. Lick the toe back like, mm, delicious. Time elf wave to me off in the distance. Ain't no guy, I'm just walking through from another timeline where monsters eat truth. Physicists say that though I get proof, the multiverse lives, I'm supposed to just lose. Blast on a tank, I drive, it's all fuel. Gotta try to stay cool, honey, buddy, don't move. Fuck shit, glows in the hearts of the brute. You hate run the jewels, you don't love the truth. Uh, Miss point, trying to act like shit's cool. Don't fucking tell Doom, your number's not due. Hey. Every other goddamn man brand new. It's been 20 plus years, you think that's a clue? Huh. Maybe this guy kinda kill what he do. He's probably that dude, he left enough proof. Plenty of these goose disappeared. He's still the next big thing, gotta hurt Oof.
all that four back, we don't play that. You gon' beat, bruh, you just state that. And we stake that, fry and bake that. One time in the big old south, lived a little chubby kid with a big old mouth. Lane writers gave him big old doubts. Now the same little boy in a big old house. Look at him now in the big old cars. And the same folk hate to pay big old mars. Hey, one minute let me be candid. You stand by the garbage can hand to hand. And that dumb trap shit, no proper plan. I see ignorant shit like geekers dance. And rappers rap about it like a soul romantic. But I still can't seem to escape the panic. DTSD streets did the damage. Kept me in hammock, laid back the cannons. Get me fucked up, it beats calamity. I'ma come through and leave some damage. I say I'm somebody called Amber Lamb or Amber Take that muggle, mother. Honestly, first when I first went through this album. Um, a lot of my reactions was just like, because I was, um, uh, no lie, I was just, I was playing a game while listening to it. And like, um, any, it was like, it was an online shooting game. Um, I don't want to say the name because it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime, like, I was trying to get into the game, like, I'd hear, like, the beat switch, the verses, the bars, and I was just like, ooh. And put the remote <laughs> down, stand up a little bit, walk across the room. Hell yeah. And so a hell of a song to mm-hmm. put in the first half of your album. Um, how'd you guys feel about the song overall? I mean, I really liked it um, both production wise and lyrically. One of my uh, favorite things anxious bravado uh, that was mentioned that's kind of a history of rap and so whenever they're kind of um bragging on themselves i quite appreciate it one line that really sticks out to me that i like is um you hate run the jewels you don't love the troops mm-hmm. um the implication there um I, is something that i think is, is rather neat um and yeah what do you think about that um i mean i don't know they're out here making music for the people donating to great causes trying to make a change um not to get too far ahead of ourselves but on on the last um track of the album killer mike even notes that like people say he could be another martin or a malcolm and i was actually just talking with um a buddy of mine uh who's a little bit more conservative and even he agrees that like no i think killer mike could be a leader like that um and so given how vocal they are and how like like they're not just vocal they show up with action as well um Mm -hmm. that they are for the people i think it's fair to say you hate run the jewels you don't love the troops (laughs) yeah i mean it depends on like and i think the troops there can have a whole series of meanings right mm-hmm. like even if you take it just like literally and think about like the military you know mm-hmm. if you think about uh say the letter from birmingham jail or something like that mm-hmm. you get this idea that sure america could be great but one it was founded on slavery so that's a problem 
but two, it never lived up to any of its promises, right? Yep. And so there's this idea that for Martin Luther King Jr., what does it mean to be a patriot? To actively criticize your country. And I wonder here if he isn't playing around with like, yeah, there is that kind of idea there, but it has never once been lived up to. I don't know. It's a really interesting line. Um, I, this line, like you said, is interesting. I really like the part that follows the you don't love the troops mm -hmm. as the miss, miss the point trying to act like shit's cool mm. um, because I feel like um, especially with you know my generation and my age group of um, of people a lot of the times it's cool to hate something because it's just cool to hate it like um, it's the it's like, you know, oh, I hate this specific thing, um, but you're totally missing the point. Like, you know, it, it could it could relate to like Black Lives Matter. Like people will be like, oh, all lives matter. And and that just kind of like negates what was said. And like you're missing the point completely. It's not that oh. we're not saying that all lives don't matter. It's just we need to protect the black lives. We black lives are more in, in a detrimental state and how they're treated, how they are viewed. I, I took it kind of that way. Like, you know, you mm -hmm. just like totally missed the point. You're just hating on us because you hated that one thing we said, but you're missing the whole point mm. of what was that actually. Yeah, that I really no, that makes a lot of sense because um like there are a lot of people who hate on run the jewels even though they miss the point because yeah they'll like hear them say some like audacious line or something um and and so they'll try to hate because like oh these 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 bad rappers trying to his name is killer you. mike his, yeah, exactly like yeah it's like they're sitting more like they're more willing to pass by it because like maybe the subject matter or whatever they're rapping about is making them uncomfortable. So they're just like, Oh, I hate it gone rather than exactly. like sitting with it for a second, maybe yeah, trying to think about, well. yeah, actually listening it, to it, trying to think through why they're uncomfortable with what they're saying in the first place. And then act That's like it's that. a trend to follow rather than actually putting any critical thought past it. And it's, it's just like, also just also. something quick to go back to build, go back to the previous line. Like you hate run the jewels. You don't love the troops. Like along with what you guys were saying before, they're the ones out here actually doing the work. Like we say like love the troops because they're protecting our freedom. But if you're hating run the jewels, you're hating the people who are actually actively in your own community every day, putting in the work, exactly. like speaking out against injustices. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was trying to yeah. say. You said it infinitely better exactly. than me. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, one line I do want to bring up. Oh my goodness, let me let me find yeah, it. Yeah, what is it? Um, the um, it's Killer Mike's um first verse. Um, it says, "Doer of drive-bys, the back-to-back -back, clack clack." let it loose, murder all witnesses and survivors. Mm -hmm. um, I, the, the doer of drive uh, buyers is, is the one that really 
um, I want to touch base on because I recently saw a Facebook post um, that a friend had commented on uh, two photos. And one of them, let me find this. One of them was uh, a young black male and he, um, she, on his protesting sign, it says, I'm a black man from Baltimore and yes, I'm a thug. And it has crossed off thug and it says PhD. On the other hand, there is this photo that says no mother should have to fear for her son's life every time he robs the store. And I think um, sometimes we neglect to um, think of protecting the lives of those who may not necessarily do the, the, the normal thing to make ends meet, to provide for their family. Um, and so, yeah, you could, you could be a doer of, of drive-bys, but that doesn't make you any less of a person. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get any lesser of rights. Um, it's just you were put in a situation and the way that it's set up, you know, it's this never-ending cycle. And you, you have one or two ways is to either try to get out or, you know, you do what you have to do and, and just survive in, in the world that we live in. And so that was something that really made me think of, you know, we don't really, I know I don't think of, you know, those who are trying to make ends meet in a, in a, in a manner that people do not believe is um, good. Um, and I think sometimes people forget that the way things are set up and the way the system works, that that's the only option. And if they need to provide for their family, they're going to provide for their family, no matter what the negative or positive may be, if that makes sense. Yeah, like kind of a leave respectability politics at the door type thing, where it's just like yeah. all Black Lives Matter, just not just the ones that are like abiding by the law and doing the regular exactly. nine to five thing like there's a whole systemic thing that puts people in that place in the first place and in these places where like police are looking at them stronger than like any other race or any other person doing anything else and that doesn't mean they should be executed in the street for this like point blank Mm -hmm. without even the chance to go through not even not that the chance to go through the rest of the system which is also just corrupt is important in the first place, prison pipeline, all that. But like, yeah, what I said earlier, respectability politics at the door, we're talking about like every single black life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dope. That's a good thing to bring up. Thank you, Tati. Mm-hmm. For yes, real. Of, Thank you, of Tati. Of course. Um, the last thing I have to say about this song, um, I know we're going. It's me going back to the the troops line, but so often than not, <laughs> especially in the area where I reside, um, that's a calling card used like put down any sort of criticism. What do you mean? So, where it's just like it's. I think what Derek's trying to say, Derek, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like people who say all cops are bad, and then the response is, but what are you going to do if there's no cops? It's, exactly. It's not it's, necessarily it's just like the that. cops oh. are bad. It's the system.
system that is in place is not a good system and we need to reorganize and reform this current system. I'm not saying, you know, um, just because you're, you're a cop, like we should kill all cops. No, that, that's not what it is. That it's a, it's kind of like anytime you criticize something that is being done in America, it's like, well, why don't you like you support our troops? Don't you? It's kind of like a, how could you say that type of thing? It's like, you say anything, you say anything negative about the country overall. Sometimes people fall back to, yeah, but our troops fought for this. Or these troops fought for your freedom. Yeah. It's kind okay. of like an excuse in a way. It's kind of like, oh, well, but, you know, it's it's kind of... Um, like the silencing tactic, like a shutdown. Yeah. It's like basically. you don't really think through what the troops are doing right now. And it's like, yeah. how are they fighting for our freedom right now when their injustice is happening right now? That's not what this is for. This is, oh, sounds like you're being an ingrate. Shut up. We're not having this conversation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you, Derek. No, no problem. No problem. Um, does anyone have anything else to say about holy calam? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm ready for the next no. one. I'm good. Okay, yeah, so the next song is Goonies versus ET. Maybe if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you. Ooh. If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. For you? Hey. One, two. E-Cad, you heard of these lads. The myth that we made a grip, never rode dick. Truly the Cadillac, I had to contract L's on a quick. Stick them up, slick talker, no tricks. Funny as shit. Finally, the money up a print on the kid and the planet hit skits. Living in a valley of flames like I win. Skyline of plays and a bomb rock pick. You don't want the knowledge of raw. Give a shit, never now. You can talk to me fine when I'm gone. Bad news bearing along with big claws. Trying to hold the whole lives in his paws and applaud. Swear to God, dang, the whole city odd. Make a bull man's heart. We got scars for hearts. Shit for eyes, baby. Living in a one chance lot. So I stick to the art. Oh my God, I'm ultimate. Oh, cash bag. Running through dead zone. Hope it don't crash. Hit us all, motherfucker. Bring it up fast. Be alone, I'ma hold what I can and then dash. Fuck y'all got another planet on stash. Far from the fact that the flames of our trash. That is not slow, it is ash. And you gotta know the past, gotta back. It's a love of all mad, but I promise. Baby, if I had another chance, I'ma give another chance to you. Ooh. If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. The brass on the magic lamps, damn near rub through. 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 The wish of the wish of the wish of the wish of the chances are that none are coming true.
Amazing, ain't it how we made it and didn't fake it? Life's a disguise, the truth is butt naked. Used to be a time I see it and I say it. Now I understand that woke folks are playing. Ain't no revolution, it's televised and digitized. You've been hypnotized and Twitterized, my silly guy. Due to the evening news, make sure you ill advised. Got you celebrating the generators of genocide. Any good deed is pummel, punished, and penalized. Rulers of the world is sliced it up like a dinner pie. Race in a nation told you to identify. Take false pride and warfare incentivize. Fuck that, me and my tribe, we on the illified. We accept the role of the villains, cause we've been villainized. Stomp to the dirt of the earth, we still will arrive. Terror don't let me alone as I soliloquize. Life is ill, what a life to kill. This is a nigga with an attitude of Beverly Hill. Heavy deal with a pocket full of tracks we build. Got a fire hot, never find it hard to chill. I'm a lifetime member, fuck that fuck shit. Me and Jamie Bershaw with a knife in the must. Bad tombstones read, they with nothing to fuck with. Please say that shit again, Mike. Nothing to fuck with. Damn, what a dope track. Yeah, it's so good. It's, oh my god. God, that was good. So, uh, um, this might not be the first time I bring this up during this podcast, but uh, there's there's one thing um, that I'm hating right now on social media. Mm-hmm. I had to leave Twitter. I had to leave Instagram. I had to leave Tumblr for a bit. Uh <laughs> Now that it's acceptable to say Black Lives Matter, I hate that so many corporations, companies mm-hmm. that haven't said for years, yeah. um, or have actively like worked against mm-hmm. Black people. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, I will say the one that irks me the most um, is the NFL. Oh hell yeah! Because mm-hmm. it's a huge, it's a huge slap in the face, and honestly, um, it. it to me, whatever they've been saying in in social media and apologizing, it to me it's not genuine. You're trying to save your ass, yep. um, in my opinion, um, because you know at the end of the day, if you had every single black athlete in the NFL say, you know what, I'm just gonna leave, there would be nothing. Yeah, you would no have NFL. no NFL. So it's kind of it feels like it's a oh we're doing this to save our behinds and hopefully none of our members leave. And, um, and I'm seeing it in, in colleges, a lot of, um, there's the story from FSU. One of the players was infuriated because the coach had said, Oh, I, I spoke to every single player on the team. And it turns out he didn't, he spoke to a few individuals and, um, you know, he, as, a a person of leadership on the team of FSU said, we're not playing, we're not working out, we're not doing anything until this is a discussion. And then the coach was like, oh, you know what? Actually, he's right. I didn't talk to every single player. I actually did this. So I honestly feel like it's kind of like that. It's a, oh, you're right. Like, let me try to save my behind so I don't lose everything that makes me money and and i think um with this whole um movement going on and movement that has been going on because black lives matters has been going on for years now i think people are realizing more and more their power and i think people um you know are less afraid to be more vocal about it i know personally um 
you know, I had some experiences in college where I was like, no, like you don't scare me. Like at the end of the day, I pay your salary um, and you fear me more than I fear you. And I feel like it's the same thing that's going on now. It's uh, you fear us more than we fear you. And you're trying to do everything in your power to kind of sugarcoat it or to keep us down. And I feel like it's just, it's just a slap in the face to be like, oh, yeah, let me make a comment about Black Lives Matter. But I haven't done anything actively in the past and have criticized people and 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 along with ostracized people because they believed in this movement. Mm-hmm. All right. Derek, was there more to what like you were going to say earlier? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no. I just kind of went off. No, no, I feel you, Tati. Yeah. Um. No, pretty much that. It's it's just the disingenuous nature about it, where it's just like, uh, for example, um, I was knee deep because of our tabletop podcast. I was knee deep into tabletop role playing Twitter, which is already pretty racist. But it's like, mm-hmm. um, you've done stuff in the past. It's actively damaged um, people of color who have attempted to get into tabletop RPGs. And then I see these same Twitter accounts that are just like, yeah, we need to listen to our black folks. And it just feels so disingenuous. And it's just, it, it's mind numbing. Cause it's just like, um, if I call that out on Twitter, I'm the, yeah. Right. And it's just like, it's like, I'm of, I'm of two minds about it. Cause it's like, Oh, if everyone's screaming it, from all sides, maybe something will get done, but it's also, it's just like, you aren't here for this fight from the beginning. And, and it just seems pretty convenient that you're doing this now that everyone else is standing up. Like, I know it's hard to stand up at the beginning, but even just a basic stance, like, like Logan Paul taking a stance now. Mm -hmm. Sir, get out of here. Well, like, like Killer Mike said, Woke folks be playing. Yeah, I just, I, I feel similarly on, like, even just a personal thing. I've had issues where I've lost friends because I, like, dare to speak out. Like, specifically a, about Black Lives Matter against someone who was saying, like, kind of racist things. And rather than, like, have that discussion and, like, even just take my side or even just listen, I was just, like, completely kind of ostracized about it for even pointing out that and calling it for what it is racist and then I get on social media and I see these same exact people being like oh we need to have these hard discussions oh black lives matter oh Oh. like I've been trying to talk to people about like valuing like like just on a per I'm sorry I'm gonna get personal about this uh like I was told as like this person, I don't know, um, that I wasn't even black to care about these issues. Why am I speaking about it? By another wow. person of color, like another black person. So it's just like wild to me, the 180 people are willing to do now where it's just like, yes, it's really important to speak about, like to speak up and talk about this and like be here for the movement and the movement. But I, it makes me worry about what's going to happen when this is, like, died down. 
what's going to happen when, when the it's no gone. longer trendy to use the hashtag or you know blackout tuesday and and all of that like when is it going to stop being a trend and then what is going to be the reaction are people going to follow through with their um actions and still be actively trying to fight for people of color or is it just going to be like all right we posted so that's it we're we're good we're not racist like that that's kind of how it feels right for me at least like you had your twitter rant you have your thing that you yeah. can point to and be like oh yeah i'm so enraged by this but like when it's not happening actively and when you have these hard questions like every day outside of this like where are you going to stand and what are you going to do exactly yeah, I yeah. think there's actually a um, a line on the album that something um, like that. Give me just a second. Oh, yeah, I, on Walking in the Snow, um, you sit there in your house on the couch and watch it on TV. The most you give is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. That's yeah. where I heard it. I knew it was somewhere I have that highlighted I didn't want to embarrass myself and say the wrong song. Now, one thing that's wild is that, like, even though this album is coming out now, it wasn't written now, right? No, so there's exactly. a line in, walk, in Walking in the Snow where, I think it's Walking in the Snow, that Killer Mike is like, no, I wrote that last fall. And yeah. so what really hits me about these lines, you know, now I understand that woke folk be playing, ain't no revolutions televised and digitized, you've been hypnotized and Twitterized by silly guys, is that that heartbreak after Ferguson, after Eric Garner, after all of that, and all of these, all of my fellow white people were coming out and being like, oh no, this is wrong, this is wrong. But just like you all said, as soon as those protests ended, nothing changed. Did some police get some body cameras? Yeah, can they turn them off whenever they want? Yeah, do they get punished right. for turning them off? Yeah. Rarely. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. No, it's like everyone wants to flash their woke card until it's like time to show a deeper understanding and empathy beyond just being morally correct. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was really taken with um, the line right above that life's a disguise, the truth is but naked. Like, I think about this all the time like how simple a lot of this really is. It's just basic compassion and empathy for other living human beings. But then mm -hmm. the politics and the rich, you know, the politicians and the rich flip all of this shit around. White supremacy just flips all of this shit around till now people question it. Well, maybe it was right for somebody to get judged, tried and executed on the spot for a crime that's barely a misdemeanor. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, not right. hard. Yeah. That is not a difficult concept to understand. It is not a difficult concept to understand that more policing and harder policing raises crime rates. That's not a hard concept to understand. Like it is not a hard concept to understand that our country was built on slavery. That is not hard to understand. Yeah. It is not hard to understand that our country is still infected by white supremacy that hurts black people every single minute of every single day. That is not a hard concept to understand. It is not difficult. Right. Yeah. Life's For a disguise. Sure. The truth is but naked. I'm sorry. That's just what I was thinking about that line. I think the life's a disguise part um, is really interesting since you bring that up um, because 
there's a difference between life and truth, of course. Um, and, you know, sometimes we just say, oh, but that's just how it goes. Oh, that's just life. Like we, we play it off like, oh yeah, that's, that's something that happened, but it, it happened those that time ago. Like it's not a problem now, but it is a problem. And sometimes, um, you know, people downplay it, but it's like, no, like there are innate good and, and bad things in this world. And you can't just be like, oh yeah, that's just life. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah sorry that's how I was brought up like no how you were brought up like that's not okay you know right and even with the um recent George Floyd like sorry I was just thinking a really clear obvious thing that like it goes so much deeper but it's really just that simple is that some of the officers who were involved with the killing it was it was they weren't even a weekend on the job like this stuff is so it's so simple to be like, he didn't deserve to be executed for something so small. This was a murder, but also it's so simple to look and see how ingrained this kind of activity is. If you've been a police officer for a police officer for not even four days, but the next thing you know, you're what, like an accessory to murder. Mm-hmm. And you didn't question it for a second. And you're not even that far in. Yeah. I mean, that and seems also- like a problem. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And just to like, not to, 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 to harsh on it too much, I think calling it an execution is, is putting it rather lightly. That man was tortured to death for, for eight minutes. You're right. And, right. and yeah, totally, the, the yeah. cop was just like, oh, no, this is, this is fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. uh, another line I really resonate just personally in my soul um is any good deed is uh, pummeled punished and penalized and um like asia was saying earlier you know when she spoke up it was like this big ordeal and i feel like that happens a lot it's like okay yeah you can say black lives matter and you know you can make your points but when you go into these deep conversations and you try to have a discussion with someone it's like oh my god why are you attacking me like oh my goodness, how dare you say that on Facebook? Like, oh my goodness, how could you do that? And it's like, how are we supposed to get anywhere if we don't make things hyper-visible? And yep. for me, it's just it's just very wrong for me seeing what's going on, especially with people um, in their professions that they feel the need that they have to choose their professional life over their personal life or whatever it may be. And it, it shouldn't, it's, my profession should not in at any way hold me back from just speaking the truth and speaking mm-hmm. what is ethical and what is good. I don't mm-hmm. see how how it's such a big ordeal that, oh my gosh, Tatiana, you really posted that on Facebook? Of course I posted it on Facebook. It needs to be said. If it's not said, if it's not seen, if it's not heard, what is going to be done? And if at the end of the day, if my job wants to fire me because I made points that were valid points and about someone's life and issues that are going on within my profession as well, then you know what? I probably don't want to work for you because at the end of the day, that just shows me you don't care. So it's just kind of like when you're trying to do the good and trying to educate people you're the one who's ostracized, but we see with these police officers, it's like, 
oh my gosh, but it was, it was only their fourth day. How would they know? Like, no, that's no, that, that does not fly with me. So I, I, I took that very personally, um, just because I resonate with it very much so. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Um, one thing that got me on this listen, I, I don't know why it like arrested me. Maybe y'all can help with that. But like on the first verse towards the end when it's like, be alarmed, I'm a harm what I can then dash. Fuck y'all got another plant. Oh wait, I said the wrong. Fuck y'all got another planet on stash. Far from the fact of the flames of our trash. Um, and then it continues. I was just, I don't know why it got me. It just immediately made me think of the whole how a lot of these protests are escalating in violence and i know it's not always the um i i know most of the time it's not like the black lives matter protester starting this it's people who are just trying to like stir stuff up to stir stuff up but like the burning buildings the rioting all that stuff and even just like pulling down uh, statues of people who like supported slavery and helped the industry and all that stuff. Um, for me, that line was just like, I'm having a really hard time trying to like articulate exactly like the imagery it made me feel words. It made me think of that. Um, you guys can jump in at any point. I'm going to keep rambling and trying to get this. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and the fact that, like, it's easy to think that, like, it's easy to get caught up that this looting and this rioting and even just, like, beyond the instances of who's doing what, that this is more concerning that property is replaceable buildings, replaceable property and stuff like that is more important than people's lives. And people see this and they're like, oh, like, how are we supposed to support this? They're starting fires in their own communities. They're start, they're like tearing stuff up, but it's not, it's like in a response to injustices that are already happening and are so much bigger. And it's like, you're not listening when we're being polite, you're not listening when we're trying to have like this nonviolence, you're answering with violence. So why are you only listening when things that matter so much less? I, this isn't even what I'm trying to say. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I, did that um, make any sense? It did make sense. I, I just want to. I think I know what you're getting at. Um, Anthony, you can go ahead. Oh, I was No, I was just going to note that like, what Asia was saying um, did make sense, but I just I just cannot help myself. I have to note that broken glass is not violence. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't do violence yeah. to property. Exactly. Thank you. So so when folks like folks will say that these these protests are getting violence and things, but I just I just want to point out that those folks are using wrong language, and I don't want to fall into to their trap yeah. or play their game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Asia, I'm going to go ahead and just let you know what I took away from the same line. Uh, it says, be alarmed. I'm a harm what I can then dash. Fuck y'all got another planet on stash. Um, I took it as the be alarmed. I'm a harm what I can and then dash being 
um, more of people of privilege, like, oh, I can do whatever I can and there's no consequence for me. And then the response being like, oh, so um, I'm glad you have this privilege, but what you're doing is harming everyone else. So like, what are we going to do? Like what, like if we think about it, cause I'm trying not to think about it in terms of what's going on now, because it wasn't written about what's going on specifically. Mm-hmm. But for example, like, you know, people who have the privilege to um, go out and, and drive these huge cars and waste gas and do that because they have the money, they have the, the resources and they can do that that's to them like the planet dying every moment that we pass is not it's like oh whatever like i'm fine because i'm in a place of privilege and the response is like well what are you gonna do like i'm glad you have that privilege not that i'm glad you have that privilege it's like oh so you have that privilege that's great for you but at the end of the day like what are you going to do when it all goes to shit and it all burns down? Because um, I'm thinking about when we had this whole issue within our um, administration about um, the environment and, and this huge argument about, you know, um, climate change and, and what we need to do to better our, our, um, oh my gosh, our rate of living on this planet, because, um, the more and more we do, the more and more harm there is. And at the end of the day, we're just going to be fucked over because we we're not taking an account like the science and what's behind it. Like, no, we need to stop doing this. So it's like, yeah, you have this privilege, but what are you going to do when that privilege ends? If that makes any sense whatsoever. Oh my yeah. gosh, Tachi. Thank you so much. I know I mentioned zero things about that, but that like I got really caught up in the first part, but that's also along the lines of what I was thinking. Um, yeah, it's like a call and response is what I, I kind of got from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say one more thing and then I'm going to shut up and stop trying. Um, also, Anthony, thank you so much for like uh, correcting me earlier. I was lost in just trying to get to a semblance of a point, <laughs> but you are 100% correct. Um, along the lines of what Tati was saying, I guess I was thinking like, this is going to suck. You know, those movies where it's just like, oh yeah, our planet's destroyed, except all the rich people went to another planet Mm -hmm. and all the poor people have to stay on earth and just deal with it and eke out life. Um, Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Um, But like that idea, except with like social issues if that makes sense like and that's where like it makes sense i don't have time to show you guys the chart because we are a podcast Mm -hmm. but (laughs) the idea that like the people at the top have created this kind of just morally bankrupt system that completely screws over the people who have to live their everyday lives in it and they kind of float above it untouched and it's like you're ruining the lives of so many people like you have like you're untouched by this like you just have somewhere else that you can just fuck off to and like live apart from it but no regardless of how little consequences you face for like the morally bankrupt things you do this is all the same planet if i burn you burn and you're more affected by this than like you realize and 
but you won't realize until everything's up in flames. And it's like yeah. the next few lines where it's like, that's not snow, it's ash. And you got to know the past got a wrath and it's a lover gone mad. Yeah. But I promise yeah. that's more along the lines. And thank you so much, you guys. Uh, we did mm-hmm. it. Boom. High five. Hey. It's, it's like, you know, there are these systems in place and they're like the little fires and the little fires start a huge fire. And then that fire just goes ahead and takes over and, you know, up. Yeah, I had yeah. I think it's fun that we're all kind of focusing on the same lines, like a little bit to Asia's point. You know, one way that I, I read this was like y'all are my students, so so you've heard this before, but like in uh, the Platonic dialogue, the Credo, uh, Socrates has been sentenced to death and uh, his buddy Credo is trying to bust him out of, out of Attica, out of jail. And um, one of the things that Credo says is he says, look, they put you to death and that's wrong. And Socrates says, well, I didn't put myself to death, first of all. And two, you need to talk about to these people. And the line is something like this. I'm paraphrasing. He says, you need to talk to those people who are so willing to kill somebody and then bring them back to life again. And so part of the way that I read that is that we kill people and we we don't realize that's the one life that anybody is ever going to live. Right. You know, we just like. Y'all, y'all, y'all got another like life on stash. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of how I thought about it. But I really did think about this initially in terms of like a climate justice issue. Yeah, that's what and I really, thought. And it really made me think of like, um, and this is again something y'all are my student. We've we're friends. You've heard about this a thousand times. But this is like a lot like the overview effect. So when astronauts go out into space mm-hmm. and they see the world from space, like some wild statistic like 90 percent of the time or something like that the ethical commitments of those astronauts immediately change because what they see is they see that like you know on earth we feel like the earth is infinite it's going to be around forever no matter what the fuck we do which it is it just won't be hospitable to us and the astronaut says well no when you see the world from space you realize how fragile it is you see how in left field of the universe we are you see how alone we are you see that no help is coming and so what they're trying to say is that these politicians and the rich people that do this are just incredibly short-sighted they're acting like they have another world just in their pocket that they're going to pull out after this one they've just ran this one to shit and that's not going to happen so I don't know. That's just one thing that I was thinking that I just wanted to it's talk like a little a, bit about astronauts. It's a like um kind of like when with Dylan Trigg's thought experiment, it's like to decenter yourself. Like you yeah, need to for take sure. a step back and realize that this is something greater than just you. This is not just about you. Yeah, it shifts the the frameworks that we think within. We go from being very anthropocentric to being, you know, very like ah, people, 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 to seeing from a kind of a wider point of view and seeing the world as a whole, a very delicate, fragile one of which we are a very delicate and fragile part. Right. So we are an hour into the podcast. (laughs) God, I wasn't even done with that song. I was going to be like, so can we talk about this for like two seconds? So we still have questions to get to at the end. So I'm going to say two more songs and 
what songs should we do? One of them, I think, should definitely be Walking in the Snow. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that I think the other one should definitely be A Few Words for the fire, for the Firing Squad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That works for me. Um, okay. Asia, did you have one more thought on this song? Uh, I'm going to be so quick with it, I promise. No, no, uh, you're line, okay. You don't want to acknowledge I'm wrong, give a shit, stuff. never now, you talk to me fond when I'm gone. Um, Martin Luther King, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to put that out I'm there. Gonna... Uh, they hated him when he was alive. They didn't want to acknowledge anything he was saying. Now they bring him up, and it's like, oh, uh-huh. wow. Yeah, he was so amazing. Oh, my God, he did so much for us. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like the people who are talking, like, yeah. speaking truth to power now aren't being appreciated. But when they're gone, it's going to be like, oh, man. And, like, if these changes actually go through all the resistance that people put up, they're going to, like, flip flip sides all of a sudden. That's awesome. Anyways, that's me. Boom. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Beautiful. Yep. So next song will be Walking in the Snow. Hit it. Dirty cold to go, been cold since cold flow. Got a wire to enlarge and I set a fire down below. I hang it up when you say sorry, didn't know. Probably got a year, ten to go, so let's go. I don't really know how to go slow. Just got done walking in the snow. God damn, that motherfucker's cold. Hey, when the wrong mode, you open and close, you know, holes, no go. This whole world's a shit mode, built to the brim like Gitmo. When you think it don't get more low with limbo to the sticks on flow. All oppression's born of lies, I don't make the rules, I'm just one guy. All due respect to getting spit on is how respect is now defined. Hungry for truth, but you got screwed and drank the Kool-Aid. There's a line, it ends directly at the edge of a man's grave that's their design. Funny fact about a cage, they're never built for just one group. So when that cage is done with them and you still pour it, come for you. The newest lowest on the totem, what godly G you have been used. You have to build a death machine that down the line will kill you too. Pseudo Christians yelling different kids in prisons ain't a sin shit. Even one scrap of what Jesus taught connected, you feel different. What a disingenuous way to piss away existence. I don't get it. I say you lost to goddamn minds if y'all possess one to be with. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. From the ages one to four, around the age of five, you shift away for your body to be stored. They promise education, but really they give you testing scores. And they predict in prison population by who's going the lowest. And usually the lowest scores, the poorest, and they look like me. And every day on the evening news, they feed you fear for free. And you so numb, you watch the cops choke out a man like me. Until my voice goes from a shriek to whisper, I can't breathe. And you sit there in the house on couch and watch it on TV. The most you give is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. But truly the travesty, you've been robbed of your empathy. Replaced with apathy, I wish I could magically. Fast forward the future so then you can face it and see how fucked up it'll be. I promise I'm honest, they coming for you the day after they coming for me. I'm reading Chomsky, I'm reading Bukowski, I'm laying low for a week. I said something on behalf of my people and I popped up in WikiLeaks. Thank God that I'm covered, the devil can smother and you know the evil don't sleep. Dick Gregory told me a couple of secrets before we lay down in his grave. All of us serve the same masters. All of 
was nothing but slaves. Never forgetting the story of Jesus, the hero was killed by the state. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn that motherfucker cold. Who really wanna run it with the two runners? Go hell for hot in a new summer. It's a cold winter, baby, in a cool summer. I suicide bomber in a blue hummer. Emerge at the side, not a blue zone. Bad news coming to Tucson, Tucson. Three beats like a wet dot, two on them. Got a short rope, cool on them. Move on them, move on them. We be the heroes, the breakers, the chains, and the muscles of locks. You be the sucker supporting the bitches that talk to the cops. Mr. Umatic turning a face and a fuck up on rock. I'm not so sure opportunity's not gonna spot the law. Word to the old school tape mix. I get radio Raheem Beats big. My Nike pin is sacred. Similar to the Ghostface bracelet. Frying with a hole, oh no joke. How they go bro, just off smoke. Fuck what we gonna do, non smoke. Get a job, pay the roll, be a dope. Nah, I'ma do me. I got though, 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 got though. First of all, they cheating, because uh -huh. they're one of them black and the other one white. Uh -huh. So if you don't like them, you automatically racist. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> that last bit always gets me. Every time. So, this song probably hit me the hardest on the album. Yeah. Um, okay, so, back on information. Uh, a lot of the audience already knows this, because I can't stop talking about it. I am a teacher in my day job outside of entertainment, yeah. too. Um, Me too. I, I teach sixth graders, right? Elementary school, elementary school students, they're young enough to where, like, the stuff on the news, it doesn't, like, it's not like it doesn't affect them, but they're able to ignore it a bit better. I have 11-year-olds mm -hmm. turning 12-year-olds, and I've cemented myself as the teacher that kid that students like coming to with their problems. So ever since the protest started, ever since the kids could see what's happening, um, I've been getting a lot of scared messages where it's just like, what can I do? Um, we all look like you, Mr. Jean-Baptiste. What are we supposed to do with that? And they're kind of stuck within this thing where it's like, I, I work in a lower income area. I work in an area where more often than not, these some kids can slip through the cracks because people aren't paying attention to them because of what they look like. They have the lowest scores, they're the poorest. And it's like all these things stack against them. So it's like Killer Mike's verse just like kept hitting like, one, two punches. Um, it's kind of like, um, Derek, you missed this, but before the podcast, we were discussing how, um, you know, I, I work in a school as well. Um, and there is this kid who is just deemed a bad kid because, you know, he's done bad things. And that's it. Like, if he goes anywhere, if he does anything, it's like, oh, there's no good intention. It's like, you're old, you're just you're bad and and as educators um i think um that the education system is not doing a good job at recognizing and involving and creating an inclusive curriculum for students of color and students of other minorities um and so it it it, it is it, it sucks but um, you know, it's something that needs to be reformed for sure, because, 
you know, it, it, statistically speaking, lower income schools, they get less funding. They, you know, they're just deemed as bad. Like, oh, that's just, that's a bad area. That's a bad school. We're not going to care about it. But it should be the opposite. It should be like, we should care about this. Not because it's bad, not because it's good, but because we need to care about this. Exactly. Um. Yeah, that's really why. I personally like, um, oh, I'm sorry, Anthony. Oh, no, 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 go. Um, If you're going to go to Derek's point, I I would do that because I was going to switch. I was just going to say that, uh, jumping off that, that's why I really like um, pretty much all of, but especially like the beginning of uh, Killer Mike's first verse on verse two, uh, where he says they promise education, but really... They give you tests and scores, and they predict in prison population by who score the lowest, and usually the lowest score is the poorest, and they look like me, and every day on evening news, they feed you here for free. And then to keep going, it's crazy that he wrote this like before everything that's going on, um, but the same phrase as the uh, verse comes on is the one we see on the, saw on the evening news just a couple weeks ago. Um, and you so numb, you watch the cops choke out a man like me until my voice goes from shriek to whisper, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's almost prophetic that that literally turned on the evening news a couple of weeks ago saying the same thing. Is um, it right prophetic this... or is it cyclic? I, it's, I think yeah. it's a cycle, personally. Uh, Eric Garner's mom made a comment like it's just a never-ending nightmare. It's a reoccurring mm-hmm. nightmare. I mean, Eric Garner said it 11 times. 11 mm-hmm. times this man said, I cannot breathe. And, and mean, how many times How many times did George? how many times did George Floyd beg and please, 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 calling out for his mother? It's just, it's a never-ending it's a, a reoccurring nightmare. I don't want to say mean, it's yeah, never ending going. because I would hope it would end, but it's just a reoccurring nightmare at this moment. I mean, yeah, even going back to the Rodney King video back then exactly. in 92, turning on the TV and just right. seeing that. Um, really quick. And also just the fact that like we're watching black people just straight up die on television. Like that's yeah. not... Like, why is that even running? I, I feel like that shows a lack of like empathy and a lack of seeing black people as people because just like, I know content like that is just out there, but just for that to be something to put on evening news that like every, that's something everyone watches. And it's like, you're watching a person die, but because they're seen as black and because this is just like a reoccurring problem it's not treated with the same gravity. Like, when else do you see people just showing, like, death like that on television? Even today, like, all the major um, channels were airing George Floyd's funeral, and it's kind of like, all right, like, I I get that you want to bring awareness to it, but it kind of desensitizes everything, and I think a lot of people don't understand why a lot of people of color don't want to watch these videos, because it's already traumatic enough living the experience, but to watch it and it be everywhere and a constant reminder, it's c- sort of kind of like you just get PTSD after a while. Mm-hmm. 
Um, one thing I really um, like in this song is the aspect of bringing in Christianity and, and the critiques on, on Christians. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, you know, um, uh, me being someone who was um, of faith uh, a very long time ago, but regardless, um, I was very invested in Christianity and I was I am right, I am Christian, I am just, I am great. Um, And that was my mentality for a very long time. And it wasn't until someone just asked me, why are you that? And don't say because of someone else or because you were told to. Um, And so uh, over the years of of just kind of researching and and understanding um, Christianity, it's sad that there's a, a vast majority of people who identify as Christian but don't necessarily practice just ethics, like just pure what is good and what is bad. And, um, and they, they let their beliefs get in the way of, um, of how do I explain this, of what is just. Like, um, let's, I'm just going to bring up this um, election that we had in 2016. Um, I have had extensive conversations about it where, um, oh, I, I voted for Trump because of this one issue. I, I'm not racist. But to me, and my, my point that I like to make to people is, okay, yeah, you might have voted for him because he's pro-life, but you just went ahead and negated and just disregarded every other type of hatred, injustice, racist rhetoric like you just were like oh because of my own personal view which there's nothing I want to state there's nothing wrong with wanting to be pro-life if that's what you believe that's what you believe but it was like oh I'm just not going to care about the vast majority of people for my own selfish need and um, I think we see that a lot especially in politics when people are like oh yeah but but God and this and that. I don't, I don't know if I'm doing a good job of explaining no, that. I, just to jump off that a little bit, I think, you know, there's a lot of themes that are in an album like this. But one theme that we've seen kind of recur over the few songs that we've listened to is empathy, right? Yes. And how easy it is to care and how true it is that we should be empathetic and care. Yet all of these machinations that we go through and all these mechanisms that are affected by white supremacy, that are affected by patriarchy, that are affected by capitalism, to get us to bury that sense of empathy and replace it with, at best, apathy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. I read especially a lot of these two verses about those ways that that lack of empathy seeps in. Anybody who is a Christian in the sense that, say, my colleagues at my at my job are, like, that's easy. You care about people. It's not hard. You know, yeah. like kind of like what I was saying earlier. And, you know, the education system, the way that we've created a, a school-to-prison pipeline, you know, the way that both Elle and Killer Mike are kind of careful to say, look, even if you don't care about Black people, they will come for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's that lack yeah. of empathy that is yeah. making everybody miss all of this. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Yeah. Right. Um, and while we're on the topic of, of 
Christianity, the line that says, um, never forget in the story of Jesus, the hero was killed by the state. Um, I don't know if any of you saw Chance the Rapper's um, most, like uh, a current tweet that he made, um, and he said, Jesus was lynched. Um, and then he goes into a whole discussion about it and a whole explanation about it. Mm-hmm. And me personally, I never, I never thought of it in that terms. But, you know, um, a lot of how Jesus is described in the Bible to how I take it is that he is a man of color. Mm-hmm. So when Chance the Rapper went and tweeted, Jesus was lynched, it, it just was like, holy moly, this has been happening since the the dawn of time. If, if Christianity is the correct account of how the world was created in time, yeah. this has been going on since since forever. There was, um, and, and it's an issue. There's a very famous uh, black theologian, James Cone, um, who wrote a book called The Cross and the Lynching Tree. And I'm pretty sure he makes that argument there as well. Oh, man, Uh, I totally had something to follow up with based on what y'all said. But uh, I got to say that last bit was just like, you guys have given me like so much to think about my brain short circuited for a moment. (laughs) Um, Yes, Tati, thank you. Uh, Also, you're welcome. Like... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm going to go with the most, like, clear thought I'm having right now. Um, back to what you were saying for a hot second, Nethery, uh, the thing about where it was just, like, first they came for me, and then, like, well, of course, like, it made me think of the really famous quote, but also just, wow, I'm thinking, like, five things at once. Maybe, maybe I should abandon this one. Well, it's like, maybe this will help a little bit. It's a lot like how early on... Um, poor white folks you know race was coming out of post-slavery race was weaponized in order to make sure that there was no solidarity between poor whites and just black people as a whole to make sure so this was part of i think what was part of the southern strategy by like nixon and that um i might be misspeaking because my history is terrible um but there's also that like lack of empathy. You know what I mean? He's like, look, the poor white man and the poor the poor white person, the poor black person have a lot in common, but the war- poor white person has been taught their whole life to never see that and then to vote against their interests all of the time when it comes to the Republican Party. Thank Does you so much. Does that make any sense? That yeah. did help. I got it. Um, yeah. Along with um, that, this idea that you can only look out for your own and like looking out for anyone else or even having enough like thought to even like think of the quote unquote other mm-hmm. if you were going to continue to kind of have a self-centered viewpoint it does come back to bite you because like if you're not speaking out for injustice on others even if it's not injustice that you specifically face eventually that same like musket is going to be turned to you. Like- yeah, George, you know, George Yancey argues, and I think this is just the greatest thing ever. He argues that, you know, at the at a very base level, this is all super insidious, you know, in a, in a country of meritocracy and white supremacy like America, us white people are taught that what makes us whole is by being different and not other. 
you know what I mean? It's by cutting off those that we see different than us. That's what makes us a whole person. And George Yancey argues for what he calls an ontology of no edges. And what he wants us to see is that there is no distance between us. We are all, what makes us whole is our community, is each other, is the differences that we have amongst each other. That's what makes us whole. You know what I mean? That kind of like fundamental switch in what it means to be like a whole person. Right. And like, even though the answer to all of our problems might not be the same because they hit us all differently Mm -hmm. across like different things, that doesn't mean that we can't like go towards that together. Yeah. And really quick, what Tati was making me think um, when she brought up like all these things about Christianity and how like what you said about Chance the Rapper, where it was just like you had never thought about it before. But once you think about it, it's so plain and in your face and just kind Mm -hmm. of like truth. Uh, brought me back to what we were saying on one of the first songs we went over. I forgot, it, like, the line that started with, like, life is the disguise and how we were talking about, like, aside from, like, all these kind of things built on top of each other, these layers of, like, living that we go through every day and we kind of have to, like, filter and dig through to get to, like, the truth of the matter, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I forgot the rest of my sentence. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's just kind of like that same idea where once you kind of open your eyes to it, it's like it can be hell getting there and it can be hell having these conversations and really kind of prying your eyes open when you're so used to going through the motions and you're so used to not really having to or thinking about these things on a deeper level even if you're affected by it but once you see it for what it is it's just so plain like it's undeniable jesus exactly jesus was killed by the state you have people who are like oh man like what just black lives matter because it's what's on my mind and trying to think of anything else other than that might break me um just the idea that being killed for maybe having counterfeit cash like murdered in cold blood and tortured is bad and if you said that in any other context it would just be obvious yeah for real you have like naysayers even now and it's because they're just like so many constructed layers on top of it social contract boom um Mm -hmm. something something that's what i got I I don't know if I should wait for the Q&A, but um, I, I am just going to make a remark about the cages. Um, oh, and yeah. says that the, the cage is not built for just one. Um, me, as someone who is an Afro-Latina, like my, my roots are, are deeply rooted in African history and African culture. And my family was brought over to the Puerto Rican islands as slaves. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is the origin. That is who we mm-hmm. are. Um, and you know, and I've I've been seeing a lot of what what are Latinos doing for for Black people. Um, and and I, I don't want to get too much into it because I know there's a Q and A at the end. But um, it, it's kind of like you know we're going through this. You're also in a cage someone who's in the LGBTQ community is also in a cage. Like all these minorities are in a cage 
and it's and it's um it's something like we need to identify this and we need to recognize this because if we don't recognize it it's just going to be us hitting each other against each other and and that's not what we should be doing if that makes any sense whatsoever mm-hmm. okay we can uh yeah we go ahead and start with the next song that it's the final song of the album a few words from the firing squad Rolling once again, it's four days straight. I didn't wake you, baby, I just watched you lay. In the radiation of the city sun. I am in love with you, it is my only grace. You know how everything can seem a little out of place. All of my life has seemed to be the only normal state. So being a normal never really made me feel the same. Being clear about the truth of being sane and never really been the same. I used to want to get the chance to show the world I'm smart. Isn't that dumb? I should have focused mostly on the heart. Because I see smarter people trample life like it's a heart. So being smart ain't what it used to be this fucking dark. You ever notice that the worst of us have all the chips? It really kind of take the sheen of people getting rich. Like maybe rich is not the holy ever loving king of nothing. Fuckers know we know you're bluffing. You are dealing with a motherfucking money, money. Run! If I told you that I ever disdained the fortune and fame But the presence of the pleasure never abstained me from any other pain When my mother transitioned to another plane, I was sitting on a plane Telling her to hold on and she tried hard but she just couldn't hang Been two years, true fears, I'd probably never be the same This is just a chore not to let myself go insane It's crippling, make you wanna lean on a cup of promethazine But my queen say she need a king, not another junkie, flunky rapper fiend Friends tell her he could be another Malcolm, he could be another martyr. She told her partner, I need a husband more than the world need another martyr. Made in Atlanta, Georgia, where I used to ride the martyr. With an Indy 22 in the front pocket of my brain starter. Trying to make it out the mud as a baby father's much harder. The same children that you love and the daughter quarter used to break and rob you. Circumstance would have broke a weaker man, but I put it on my mama. I'm a man of honor and the hardship made me a better money runner. This is for the never heard, never even got a motherfucking word. This is for my sister Sarah, honey, I'm so sorry you were hurt. This is for the dawn, mama took a knock, had to change the locks. Dusted up and brushed off, and I watched talk about a boss. For the holders of a shred of heart, even when you want to fall apart. When you're surrounded by the fall, treaded water in an ice cold dark. When they got you feeling like a box, running from another pack of dogs. Put the pistol in the fist up in the air, we are dead, swear to God. Black child in America, the fact that I made this magic. Black and beautiful, the world broke my mama hard and she died an addict. God bless me to redeem her in my thoughts, words, and my actions. Satisfaction for the devil, goddammit, he'll never ever have it. This is for the do-gooders that the no-gooders use and then abuse. For the truth-tellers tied to the whipping post left deep that approves. For the ones whose body hung from a tree like a piece of strange fruit. Go hard, last word to the fire squad was fuck you too.
This is the story of a couple of small-time hustlers framed by crooked cops and forced to make a run for their lives. Nothing but a bag of money, a stolen Buick Grand National, and each other to their names. They ain't friends exactly. These guys have a better chance of killing each other than beating the odds. No, sir. They're brothers. And when the chips are down, I really don't think you want to bet against them. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite track, because uh, again, the lyrics are dope. The production is dope. That outro is super dope. Uh, just like, yeah, apparently, allegedly, according to Genius, ASAP Ferg is uh, one of the voices in the back there doing the Yankee and the Brave, Brave, Brave. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I'm looking at the credits on the album right now. This is actual, I don't want to. I feel bad to it. Is his actual name Michael Ferguson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's listed in the credits. I was trying to figure out who that was. Um, while we're on the outro, I don't know if anyone else thought of the Yankee and the Brave. Like, we're Pinky and the Brain. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, like, yes. Yeah. And you're not the only Pinky one. I went the in the comments. Are, oh. They're all about. Wait, what? It's in the comments? No way. No, no, I've said in the comments oh. on YouTube, um, a lot of other people were like, did anybody else brain just do Pinky and the Brain? It's just like, nah, you're and, the only one. And the reason why I bring it up is because, well, Pinky and the Brain, they're all about world domination, and they're two polar opposites. And you could say the same thing about LP and Killer Mike. They're, they're polar opposites in, in a sense, mm -hmm. um, and they are, in a sense, for world domination and their domination is more so of bringing the truth um to light and and act and being active to advocate for for people of color and and that's like kind of their world domination if that makes any sense whatsoever yeah no i don't mean um, even the uh the narrator himself speaking of them being opposite say uh these guys have a better chance of killing each other than yeah the odds. yeah <laughs> um now on genius it it says that the outro is supposed to mimic um like the a team intro so i thought yeah. that was cool too yeah and um, i would but, i would absolutely yeah. watch that show please uh, LP Killer Mike, if you're listening, I will Kickstarter, <laughs> GoFundMe, what Patreon, whatever it takes to get this Yankee and the Brave show into production. For real. Was there anything that stuck out to y'all? Uh, 
I know one quick thing that stuck out to me was just like, um, I don't know. I thought it was like a really nice tie up song. It felt like, you know, after you had like a really good ranting session with like someone and afterwards it's just like, okay, we're, we got to like pick up and go on, even though like we just talked all about all this like heavy shit. It's just like, okay, we got that out time to like, kind of like just process it with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's yes. It's it's like the reflection that needs to be done in like an argumentative essay or a um, informative essay or even a philosophy essay where it's just like you you talk about all this stuff and at the end you got to serve as a moment of reflection where you like think about the stuff that you talked about in a wider context like the line. Um, Friends tell her he could be another Malcolm, he could be another Martin. She told her partner, I need a husband more than the world, need another martyr. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I'm putting myself out there, I'm doing these things, but it's like wrapping it back to his personal life, it still means different things in different contexts. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have that sort of like truthful um, expression of reculation within an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just would add to that. Like, I think that's really great. Now let's add a little bit of context. Like, it's a it's a it's a reflective moment. But think about you know what the song is called and the very last line last line of the song. Mm-hmm. What where is this reflection happening in front of a firing squad? Yeah. What do you get for being a good person? Killed. Why? Yeah because life's a disguise and truth is but naked. You know what I'm gonna keep pushing back to that. But like, especially if you look at those last lines in Killer Mike's last verse, this is for the do-gooders that the no-gooders used and then abused. You know what I mean? Like, it's not hard. Doing good is simply doing good. It's white supremacy that has turned all of this completely upside down. You know what I mean? Why should somebody be worry about being a martyr just for sticking up and doing the right thing? We exactly. live in a society that has turned everything upside down because mm-hmm. of white supremacy. No, absolutely. that's just all I wanted to throw yeah. in. There. No, yeah. and I actually love that you you mentioned those lines because, like, that last little bit, um, kind of jumping off what you were saying and what Asia was saying, is is probably like my favorite moment on the song. Is that kind of sort of crescendo to the final lines before the instrumental break? Um, because it's powerful and I feel like much of the album is kind of, you know, just building to that. Um, and then, and then those last four lines, this is for the do-gooders that the no-gooders used and then abused for the truth tellers tied to the whooping posts, left beaten, battered and bruised for the ones whose body hung from a tree, like a piece of strange fruit. Also, I love that Nina Simone reference. Yeah. Like. Image like I don't know for me that strange fruit is just like mm-hmm. such a vivid image, such a good description, and and so mm-hmm. that reference I love. And then for him to end on the go hard last words to the firing squad was "fuck you too" with like mm-hmm. production behind it, um, and everything else. It just like I don't know, it hits different. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I yeah, I like real. like I like that you brought up the strange fruit line because I feel like it says so much yes oh, without, absolutely. like having to harp on it like y- it, it hits you like a punch with like mm-hmm. all the implication yeah yep. 
Yeah, just those those two words right there, I feel like, is, are powerful because there's so much wrapped up in that that you don't need, like, it, it kind of lets you almost shortcut a lot of work to just have a very powerful image there. Yeah, right. yeah. exactly. Because okay. it's like when someone says strange fruit, that has been like, used. Yeah we, we, yeah, we know what they mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. Yep. Yep, yep. Man, I I love this album. I, I oh, I've loved talking about it with you guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I might I might try to talk you into letting me uh do a review for the website. I've it's been too long since I've been writing and I'm trying to get back into it, so <laughs> I feel that. So any uh, any last words on the album in general? Oh, I have a, a thousand things I could say, but I've already we've talked way too much, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, and every story in the pot, we end it with a Q&A portion from our audience. Um, so we're going to just go through these four questions. Um, last week's episode, well, the last episode of Story in the Pot that we put out, we briefly touched on the topics of... Um, the protests, police brutality. And so if you put a question in there that wasn't pertaining that topic, we're not going to bring that up in this episode simply because this episode, I'm not saying it's self-contained, but I wouldn't want to do a disservice to the discussion we just did by talking about things that aren't in the same vein. So our next question comes from Gear Fourth Sixteen. Um, the question the question is: Does it piss you guys off that so many corporations are now saying Black Lives Matters when it's most popular to do that? Yes. Yes. Very simple. Yes. Yes. I know we had this whole conversation <laughs> earlier. Hell yes. Yep. Um. Like, yeah, that, that's um, an the easy, next... just straightforward yes. I could yeah. go into, like, why, if you think the audience would want, but, like, to me, it's just a very easy, like, yes. Oh, we, I feel like we went into it a lot earlier. Mm. So I think it's fine. Yeah, I think true. it's, I, I think like, a reset, like. That's a separate essay. Resounding yes. Resounding yes. So, pardoned. Um, their question is, do you guys feel comfy talking about these issues? Um, yeah, I, I feel like even if I was uncomfortable, that, that goes to show even more that it needs to be spoken about. Um, it, it shouldn't be a matter if I'm comfortable, if I'm not comfortable. It's just, it's just the innate what is good, what is bad. And if it's good it's good if it's bad it's bad and we need to fix that yeah i kind of like agree with that and for me um i would say that like yeah i'm kind of very comfortable talking about it because like this is my lived experience like i was having a um conversation with one of my more conservative white friends recently about the police and stuff um, and in that conversation, I was like, no, I've been pulled over while walking before. I've been pulled over on my bike. I've been pulled over because my bike rack was, uh, I guess, 
had a bike on it and he didn't like that. Um, and so I think by having these conversations, you can help people open their eyes to different experiences and stuff. And while that might be a little bit uncomfortable for him to like, you know, find out as someone who like kind of likes law enforcement to have to reassess and things. Um, as someone who's like, I, I don't know, I like being black. It, it's not great all the time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, I'm very comfortable talking about my life. <clears throat> I going off of that, Anthony, I like, I, I kind of had a similar mentality, but with, with mine, it was just that I guess I've never asked myself, was I comfortable talking about these issues? Because it's just, I'm like neck deep in them. So it's yeah. just like, I, I, I don't really have a choice. I was about to say, I don't think we have the luxury of getting away from these issues. So like maybe consciously or not, I feel like I just was like, well, I have to be comfortable with it because there's no getting away from it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and for it's... like you know, the I'm sorry, Asia, go. Oh, uh, sorry. I was just gonna say I like. It's so weird how this question hit me because like I know at some point in my life I would have answered just like y'all, but like, it's a it feels like a complicated issue for me personally because I used to think I was the person who could like speak out and just continuously and constantly and be that voice and have those conversations with the people around me. But I feel like at this point in my life, it's a more, it's, it's unfortunately it's become more complicated for me than just saying yes, because I've met so much like resistance and it's just stuck with me. Cause it's just like, Yes, yeah. it's one thing knowing that these are complicated conversations and it's one thing knowing that like you're not always going to no one like you're not always going to get that person who agrees with you. A lot of times it's going to be you versus like a whole room of people who think that you're just start stirring up trouble. And I feel like I'm in a point in my life where I'm trying to figure out how I can still be true to myself, be true to my lived experience and have these conversations without constantly throwing myself against that wall. Because yeah. even now I like, I'm getting upset because of the conversations I have had that have like hurt me so deeply. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like it ha it takes so much courage and so much just, like, a certain kind of strength to even just, like, be able to say yes. But it's also just, like, there's merit in acknowledging that it wears on you. Oh, absolutely. It is, yeah, it absolutely. is work. And sometimes it is, it's very hard work. Um, yes. Yeah, I if I could just um, you know, speak to I'm I'm a white man and if I could just speak to some of our your white listeners, um I would really urge us not to think, you know, as white people in, of this in terms of comfort, right? I think um I don't know if if Tati said it or if Asia said it, but what we need to think about it is in terms of just the right thing to do. Um I was I was asked to give uh uh, to be to participate in like a Q&A session at some education departments PhD some education class 
and I was there because they were going to ask me about work and anti-racism. And at one point, the teacher, the professor was like, wow, I mean, weren't you nervous about that or anything? And I was like, no, never, because I wield my, my privilege like a blunt instrument in this case. You know, I, as a white man, can go into these spaces and have these conversations and people don't give me the same kind of shit because of white supremacy. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know, for, for us white people, we really can't think of it in terms of comfort. And then the second thing that I want to say is that, and this is something that Asia just said, I just want to reiterate it for the, the white kids that are listening. Our black families are tired. They're tired of doing this yeah. work. It's up to us. Us white people, we came up with this fucked up system. We're the ones that have to fix it. And we cannot keep relying on the black community to do all of the education work that we seem to think that they are responsible for doing. So I don't want to speak like monolithically for a black community or anything. I know everybody feels different, but I do kind of want to reiterate that for the young white people that are that are listening, that we we have to go out and do this work and we can't give a shit if it's comfortable or not. You got to go use your privilege and get some shit done. Thank, thank you for noting that, by the way, because um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to say it might have been Donald Glover who noted it in an interview recently. But like painful truth about it is that like white people, you should listen to people of color about our lived experiences under racism and things but white supremacy is a white problem we're gonna need y'all to help fix this <laughs> yeah yeah i mean for it's just for sure. and it's white supremacy to force black people to be responsible for educating about how to fix yeah. it you know what i mean it's just all white supremacy yeah. up and down yeah and yeah. so this is a point it, it, you know working with my own my own employer this is a big point that I'm really trying to make with a lot of the conversations that I'm having with people. And it's just something I've been thinking a lot about. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, if we had some white kids listening, that they, they thought about that. No, and I appreciate you making that point. And now we have our final question from Rita Reyna. Um, Mr. J, what am I supposed to do now? I don't have a car. I don't like crowds and at 12 what can i do hmm. oh. yeah um well, what do we think i mean i i have thoughts because i'm like very much of the opinion that resistance is a multi-lane highway there is no right way to do your part to um engage in anti-racist action so like you might not be able to make it to a protest and going into crowds might not be it for you but i think that like just having conversations with people about race um the microaggressions that you see them maybe say or like the racist jokes they tell um and i'm, I'm not someone who's big on calling out i like I've, I've heard recently the phrase call in don't call out to like, mm. so if somebody makes like a racist joke or something, instead of calling them out, you you try to call them in and show them um, the error um, of their ways and, and why that's not cool and stuff. Um, and I think yeah, I like just it. like, I don't know, supporting black art if you can. And even if that just means like at 12 years old, you might not have a lot of disposable income, 
but like I don't know, watch some TV shows made and produced by by black folks. Show your support that way. Recommend it to your friends. Um, there's definitely a lot of really cool black artists out there making comics and stuff. Maybe convince your parents to pick you up a couple editions of those or something like that. Um, but watch uh, watch black created content on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. There's that has direct black... ad revenue service. You know, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, there's there's black content creators on YouTube. Um, but there's there's loads of of ways to to try to make a difference and even even maybe maybe having those conversations with not just kids your age but but adults as well um because yeah you're never too young to start changing folks minds yeah um i just want to say that at 12 you asking that question it just speaks to you as a person and i yeah. am grateful for people like you um especially your generation i have so much faith in y'all but but like my colleague said, you know, just going out and finding avenues that, you know, just bring more awareness, um, you know, researching things, you know. Um, also, I, I want to say this. Um, I work in a library um, and I am a big proponent on reading. Um, mm. Don't be afraid to read things that you think you are not capable of reading. And the reason I'm going to tell you this is because um, that's, you're going to learn, you know, it, I'm not saying go out and, and buy the most difficult book in the world about race, um, or, or anything of that matter, but don't be afraid to dive into literature that, you know, m you might not understand right off the bat. It, it's okay. You can do your research, you can ask questions, and that's a great way to even start conversations, mm -hmm. um, especially with your parents, you know, if, if you're reading a book and, and you don't understand something, you know, that's a great opportunity to be like, hey, um, you know, I'm reading this book. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding this concept. You know, is, is there any sort of way we, you could break it down for me? We could discuss it. And, and, you know, everybody is different with their living situation and how they are at home. So even if you reach out to your teachers, um, I, I don't think any of your teachers would be like, what you're reading and you're asking me questions absolutely not <laughs> i'm not gonna help you you know um so i i think reading is a great tool like you're never too young to just pick up a book and tr and just try and try and and as long as you are actively putting an effort into doing your research trying to stay informed trying to do what you can even at the age of 12 i think that's great and and that's all we can ask for is to try and be an ally in every sense of the word yeah that's great. um to add on that i know entertainment stew in general is a big proponent of this but just like thinking critically in general thinking critically about the media you intake whether it's from black con content creators or not thinking critically and about like I, I know it takes work to work up to being able to speak out and, but what you can do if you're not able or you don't feel comfortable doing that is paying attention to like what the things around you are really saying, if that makes sense. Like it can, 
there are so many little things, so many like little jokes or comments that people make that seem innocuous. But if you really think about like what they're saying, you realize it does more harm than good, mm-hmm. or it speaks to a kind of attitude that they have about something. And being able to start to recognize that in the people around you, I think is a good skill to have at any age where even if you don't feel comfortable speaking out or if you're looking for something to delve into, whether it be in media or anything, being able to think critically about the people around you, what you're intaking, what you're seeing, what you're reading lends itself to so many avenues of life. And I believe it kind of lets you see things for what they are a little bit more. Or if you're not sure, it allows you to start asking those questions about what's happening around you. Um, Being anti-racist isn't something you are. It's something you're constantly doing. And Mm -hmm. basically, there are going to be constantly shifting things in our society that are constantly going to try to trip you up. So I think just being able to recognize that just in itself is something small that you can do that doesn't really require a lot, but it's something that's going to help you a long way, whether it goes from just choosing what kind of shows you watch or what kind of books you read to the people who surround you or the people you surround yourself with. And that can affect more than you really think it's going to affect down the line. And choosing like what situations you put yourself in and what you don't. Well said. I love you. That was nice. That was nice. All you guys, it was like the one two hit of everyone saying something that um, no one else said, but like tied into everything and created this nice piece of advice. Um, um, as it was going, I, I realized my answer wasn't as substantial anymore, but um, if this, so I'm just going to say this, if this is one of my students, you already know that I've taught that you don't trust the world. You don't trust just accepting the way the world is and the whack that you you're you're 12 you're asking this question that's a good step never stop asking questions never stop wondering why the world is like it is but yeah that's all i have to say this has been a good episode i've i've enjoyed having all of you here Thank you. This has been really great. Much needed. Mm. Yeah, pleasure to be here. I really so, think it was a fresh change of pace and everyone brought like so much to the conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. So, don't forget, foundfamiliar.com. Um, anything you buy on that website, 20% of that will be sent to one of three organizations, NAACP, Black Lives Matters, and the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Um, use the code ESTU at foundfamiliarcoffee.com in order to get 10% off your order. And another portion of that purchase is sent to one of those three organizations as well. So thanks for rocking with us. Um, this is new for our Stirring the, Podcast, Stirring the Pot podcast. 
Um, if you want to see more hip hop listening parties, um, we'd love to do it. Just put it in the comments section below if you want it, and we'll, we'll hear you're here from us next time. This has been Derek, Asia, Anthony, and the crew, <laughs> <Tatiana>. <laughs> And thanks for listening.